0: To get your news. And if this is the only place you get your news, then let me just say that, right, it's, it's incredibly narrowly curated because I'm the one picking and choosing the headlines that we bring forward on Mornings with Carmen. And so um, I do think that it's important for us to acknowledge that there are lots of places that folks access news and where they get their information. And so the Washington Post, um, in their technology section, has been spending a considerable considerable amount of time talking about news trends. Um, and this actually, this conversation emerges because I might get my news somewhere different than you get your news, and then you might just get your news from me. And if you just get your news from me and I'm only getting my news from certain sources, then obviously your curated experience is even more narrow than um than mine. And I read very widely and broadly, but I will confess to you, I do not access my news, quote unquote, on TikTok because I'm not on TikTok. Um, The kids are. The kids are. um, And when I say the kids, I'm talking about emerging generations. So anybody in their mid-20s down to their mid-teens, they are getting their information almost exclusively from TikTok. And so what kind of news are they getting and who is providing it and how accurate is it or how um, manipulative, manipulated and manipulative? These are good conversations for us to be having. And then, um, not that The Washington Post is commenting on this, but I will comment on this, where are people getting the good news? Where are people finding access to and engaging with the good news, the good news of the gospel? Are people getting the good news, and how are they getting it? So we are seeking here on Faith Radio to provide the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ 24-7 across every platform that God uh, makes it possible for us to access. And so we're grateful for technology. We're grateful for the technology over which you're hearing this right now. Um, we're not, you know, anti-technological, Um we want to be prudent in the way that we use the resources that you have entrusted to us that together we aggregate and then um use to advance God's purposes in and through this ministry but i want you to consider today what good news are people getting and how are they getting it and if the good news that you are accessing through faith radio is then ending with you like if you're not passing it on to others then this this sort of conduit business where um, the information flows, the information flow, the information superhighway, you're a part of that. And so I want to encourage you today to pass along to others that which you in turn have also received the very good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Could you do that? Could you be a source of accurate good news today in the life of another person? And you can do that Um In your conversations. You can do it through your text messages. You can do it through your social media. You can do it um, through the Christmas letter that maybe you haven't written yet. I haven't written mine. How is it that you are going to communicate to others the good news of the gospel today? Because people need the good news, and you are actually the way they're going to get it. One item of news here today. um, So we're in the seventh day now, of this I will call it a ceasefire I'm not exactly sure the language that is best to use here but the cessation of active bombing um in Gaza in relationship to the Israel Hamas war um and I want to comment on the fact that at the 11th hour there there is a day seven because it up until the 11th hour on day six, it looked as if the ceasefire was going to end, um, that Hamas was not going to deliver any more hostages and Israel was not going to, in return, release um, Palestinians from Israeli prisons. And so um, it looked as if um, the war would, the hot war would resume this morning that didn't happen because at the eleventh hour a an agreement was reached, and so we do expect there to be another exchange of hostages for prisoners today here's one of the things that I want you to notice, and in the midst of this you're going to hear the you 're going to hear the news that um, the ten month old baby and his four year old brother and their mother have been reported um, as having been killed during um, uh, during the time uh, that they were held hostage, and that Uh, And you're going to hear I'm sure we will hear more about the circumstances of that as the day and then um, and then the week unfolds. I want to come. I just want to say this. More war brings moral clarity. I mean, there's a fog of war and in it there's a ton of confusion. And I recognize that. And you're going to hear all kinds of confusing things from all kinds of sources in relationship to um, the conversation about Israel and Hamas and the Palestinians. No question about it. But war also brings tremendous moral clarity. Here's what I want you to notice. Have you noticed the clear distinction between men who are being held hostage and women and children? There is tremendous moral clarity about what it means to be a man and what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a mother. A child tremendous moral clarity. You hear you hear big numbers in terms of like the number of people who have been killed, and then you hear exact specificity in relationship to women and children. We hear big numbers in terms of those being held hostage, but then we have exact specificity about the names and ages of mothers and their children. War brings moral clarity. There is a difference between being a man and being a woman, and everyone does actually know it. In a recent poll of more than 3,000 American college students, of whom 527 were Jewish, um, we are learning that less than half of Jewish college students feel safe on American campuses, there has been an alarming rise of incidents of anti-Semitism um, in the last 55 days, and um, and we ought to be people who recognize and address that. Um, Senator Schumer addressed it yesterday um, on the Senate floor, and we should continue addressing it as well. And so let's let's have moral clarity about. Um, about what's happening in our culture and in the world and in our own hearts. Dr. Corbin Hornbeek is going to join us next. He's the president of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. Um, we're going to talk about a number of things related to college students. A lot of them are you know, going to be returning to our homes uh, and to our tables over the Christmas holiday. Um, who's coming to dinner? Like, who is actually coming back at Christmas Because those are different people than the ones we sent off to college just a few months ago. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Dr. Corbin Hornbeek is with us today. He's the president of the University of Northwestern St. Paul, of which Faith Radio is a ministry. So, Corbin, welcome back.
1: Hey, good morning, Carmen. And uh, Good good morning to all of our listeners this morning. It's great to be back with you this morning.
0: So parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, like, you know, neighbors, friends, people at church, we're going to be receiving back at Christmas um, our students who we sent away in August and September. Um, They come back different than the way we sent them off. Some of them are going to be pierced. Some of them are going to have tattoos. Some of them are going to say things we find offensive. Like this is like my own version of guess who's coming to dinner. So I thought we would ask you to give us some wisdom in terms of Sort of receiving, yeah. receiving them back and being sort of like open to what they're experiencing and who they are.
1: Yeah. I, and I, so, so first of all, I love this conversation because we have three kids and they are all 20-somethings. <laughs> and two of them have graduated from college and one is still in the middle of that journey. And, um, you know, when, when you mentioned a moment ago, uh, some will be tatted and some will be pierced. Um, I am living that. Uh, right now, and of course, all three of our kids, you know, live out in L.A. Um, do you have a second just for a quick story <laughs> about that?
0: Uh, we we got all kinds of <laughs> yeah. Is, so so our
1: is, uh, one, of one of our one of our
0: we love talking with you. That's because great. You're real and so well, we one
1: of it. our kids, and I won't, I won't mention which one, but one of our kids, you know, swore he would never get a tattoo, and uh, so his freshman year in college, um, I picked him up on a Friday afternoon, and he said, so. And, you know, when, when they say it like that, there's something coming that, you know, they're trying to break the ice for. And he said, so, Dad, I, I got a tattoo. And I said, well, what is it and where is it? <laughs> and, um, and he got a pair of uh, – he tat, uh, tattooed on his leg a pair of praying hands. Mm. And I said, you know what? If you're going to get a tattoo somewhere, um, that's a great tattoo. To get, and so I, I realize, and and we're living the complexity of our kids doing things that maybe, um, you know, part of their frontal lobe is not firing at the the highest capacity, uh, and yet they're also stepping into adulthood for the first time.
0: Yeah, I think um, learning to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Yeah, um, I I failed. I mean, I was literally sitting next to our freshman in college daughter. Um, uh, Our Thanksgiving meal was on Friday. So, anyway, um, a day late. But anyway, I'm literally sitting next to her and she said something. (laughs) And I, and clearly it's something that she got off social media and it's not true. And I, (laughs) and I, I did not follow my own counsel. I was. I just erupted. <laughs> and and then I quickly apologize. I'm like I I am so sorry, but you know, it's sort of like the damage is done. Like you've yeah. already proven yourself to be crazy at that point. <laughs> so, um so just, you know, remind us of the wisdom of listening and deep breathing and counting yeah. to 20 and all the things we need to know as adults as these young people come back home and they are their heads are full of all kinds That's of right. ideas
1: yeah it is um it, it it's easy on this side of it to say oh man it's it's just so much fun when they come back and the reality is they they do come back um, you know, during holidays, for, filled with all kinds of things, some good, some not good. Um, you, you know, why do we send them off to college? Well, we want them to learn. We want them to to grow in their knowledge. We hope they, uh, you know, uh, grow in wisdom, but they're also coming back with ideas. And that's, you know, often that's really what the college experience is about, is the testing. And we hope also approving with critical thinking about Ideas and you know, many of them, you know, they're all sitting in classes with PhD professors who are telling them exactly what to believe, and 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 so they don't necessarily challenge ideas the way we would necessarily want them to. But they're also stretching their sense of autonomy. Uh, so, and we think of at Northwestern University of Northwestern, we think of the four um, important, most important questions of life, and and this frames everything we do. But the, the questions, you know, let's begin with who is God. Um, who am I? What is my calling? And what difference does that make in the world? That may be the difference between a Christian education and, um, you know, other uh, forms of, of college education. Um, I went to a secular, you know, uh, big university, and, um, and those questions certainly didn't frame my experience there. But um, they are coming back with all kinds of ideas, some good, some not. Not all ideas are good ideas.
0: Could you do that list with us again cuz yeah. that was so good?
1: These uh and we call these the classical questions. Um and it begins with who is God? Um secondly, who am I? Third question is what is what is my calling? Everybody has a calling. Uh and lastly, what difference does it make if and, and I want our students at Northwestern, I want every young person in America to grapple with that question of what is, what difference do I make in this world? And I think we live a very consumptive lifestyle. And you mentioned TikTok a moment ago. Uh, I mean, so much of our young people's, our college students' experiences, it's kind of just consuming social media, consuming um, what they're hearing. They believe everything on the internet is true um, and it's not. Um, But if we can move this generation to a place of believing that their life matters, their life counts, God has a a plan for their life, and they have an opportunity to make a difference in this world. And so as we move through those four questions, beginning with who is God, who am I, what is my calling, what difference does it make in the world? um, A college experience can be an incredibly fulfilling uh, experience, Uh, but it also is frustrating and very challenging.
0: I do think the question of why do we send them off to college is a good one for each and every one of us, um, yeah. parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, um, like for us to remind ourselves why we're all embarking on this together as a family to make yeah. it possible for this young person to go and have this this lived learning experience in community with other people exposed to ideas that are going to be different than the ones that they would get if we kept them trapped in our houses right. and so um that is that is really really helpful like i want eliana to be exposed to people yeah. and ideas that are different um because that's the only way she's going to grow at, you know in, into her own identity that's as right. a follower of christ and be able to to filter and um Uh, and discern and walk in wisdom uh, and godliness and all of those things and so i'm i feel privileged that she is having that experience in an environment that is a christian Mm. college um and so i value that and then i also recognize that there's a lot of folks who um you know their kids and their grandkids their nieces and nephews are going to come back and they're going to have spent a part of a semester or a semester i guess at this point um at a secular school and so the um the influences are going to be even far more varied and so just know if you're listening right now we're praying for you yep. we're with you in it we'd love to hear your questions that you have the concerns about um that you're raising um and um yeah and love to address those so the text line's always open 8779332484 we're going to continue to get the good counsel of Dr. Corbin Hornbeek here in just a moment um, and we're going to continue the conversation about the influences on our young people. So keep those questions coming. I see them coming in on the text line. So keep keep um, popping them on there, 877-933-2484. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. Feelings, nothing more than feelings. I mean, seriously, if all we had was nothing more than feelings, we would just be lost in a sea of mush. Hello, friend. Uh, I'm sure you have noticed by now that feelings are a terrible barometer of the truth. Our feelings are affected by the weather, world events, what we ate last night, whether or not someone we like or love texted or tagged us in a social post, how badly someone else sings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're feeling lonely right now, I want you to ask yourself, am I really ever truly alone? Of course not. As a follower of Christ, Jesus promises to be with you Always. He's literally with you right now in the thick of it, in the midst of whatever circumstances you're dealing with in your life. So I want to be a source of hope and encouragement to you today. If you are struggling to make it, even just to the next moment, if you are feeling lonely, text the word hope to 877 933 2484. (laughs) Dr. Corbin Hornbeek is here with us today. He is a dad. Um, he is a lover of the Lord. Um, he is a husband, and he is the president of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. And so he shepherds the ministry of Northwestern Media, of which Faith Radio is a part. And so we love, love, love the opportunity to, um, to talk with him. Um, and so, Corbin, we've got um, folks on the text line, first of all, um, with appreciation. Mm. I love hearing this. Um, thank you. Um, thank you so much um, for talking about this today. This, this is a listener who wrote down the four questions and yeah. why I asked you to list them again. Who is yeah. God? Who am I? What is my calling? And what difference does it make? Um, what difference do I make? That's so helpful. And here's um, the beauty of those yeah.
1: questions, if I can just jump in on that. The, the sure. beauty of these questions is is you, you, you don't have to... Ask these questions. Just if you go to a Christian university, um, my faith journey began at a secular major state university, and I began asking this question: like Michigan, is, Yes, like University the, of Michigan. Who, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we may be in, you know, hunt for Mine, national at the championship. Of Florida. But you know, we don't have to get going yeah. on <laughs> on college football. But um, you could. I, my faith journey began at the University of Michigan as a freshman asking the question, who is God? And so for our listeners who may have kids at uh, at secular universities and colleges, um, I would encourage you as parents just to challenge your children to keep asking these questions. Who is God? Who am I? What is my calling? What difference does it make?
0: That's so good. Yeah, uh, yeah my journey um, uh, began when I was in high school, but certainly was amplified um, and focus hmm. uh, when I was at the University of Florida. Yeah. Um again, n- n- uh, not one not considered a Christian university. <laughs> For,
1: um, exactly, yeah.
0: <laughs> um Bob is on the text line and he is like I have been sharing with the seniors in high school at our church oh. um issues related to neo paganism, neo-gnosticism, the new age movement and um and the threat to the church of yeah. we talked earlier um here with Billy Hollowell about the rise of uh witchcraft hmm. and people exploring all kinds of um, things related to the occult. And it just, it, it is happening. Like kids are being exposed. Young people are being exposed to all kinds of things. And so we want to be positive influencers. So do you have any counsel for us on how maybe we might influence young people who are so heavily influenced by social media, particularly TikTok. I mean, I'll just confess to you, I'm not on TikTok and I don't want to be on TikTok. And yet it feels like if you're not there, you also don't really know what's happening.
1: Oh, wow. Well, you just opened up a can of worms on that one because I I am also not on TikTok um, and I'm not on social media. Um, and in some ways, I you know, there are times where I think you know, get with the program, get on social media. Um, you know, there's a whole world out there that you're missing. And, and then there are times where I think, man, I'm the freest guy in the whole world because I'm not spending, you know, eight hours a day scrolling through my social media feeds. Um, but we have kids, as we mentioned before, we have three children and uh, and they are, one of them in particular is very active on TikTok and social media. And, you know, I have very mixed feelings as I think we all do. It's an incredible tool that can be used um, to spread the gospel and spread um, the good news of Jesus Christ uh, into parts of the world that we would never be able to physically place ourselves on the other hand i am very aware that the rise in anxiety that is occurring with young people is largely being driven by social media and confusion around identity formation that has a lot to do with uh, the role that social media plays in their lives so um I, I do. I think we all have these mixed feelings about it, and I think we have to shepherd our children because the future of their lives will be social media. The future of, uh, you know, how marketing is done um, is is social media. We need to train our students how to use it, how to use it, consume it appropriately, um, and also to understand where the guardrails are. And we talk with our kids all the time about the guardrails that have to be in place. And when I think of what, what are those guardrails? Well, first of all, um, particularly as it relates to identity formation, because, you know, there's such an attack on our understanding of who am I that is shaped by social media. And we need to just continue to remind our sons and our daughters, our children and our grandchildren, that their identity is in Christ. Um, their identity is, has been already formed, has been already created. It's a fixed place in the universe. God, who is infinite in wisdom, uh, immutable, unchangeable, who loves us, who created us with his stamp on our lives. Um, that is our fundamental identity. And so I think that's one of the important guardrails as we train our children and, and disciple and shepherd them through the use and, and uh, engagement of social media. It's so good. Get me prepared. That.
0: <laughs> that's good. No, that's good. Barry's on the text line and Barry said, My dad listened patiently to my progressive rant when I first returned home yeah. from college. And then he smiled and he said, Well, there's nothing smarter than a freshman home from college.
1: <laughs> I love that. That that <laughs> is so a good. wonderful patient, um right? affirming way of just no, saying, you I, know what, the ideas. You are going to be, engage with ideas, and at some point in your life you will have enough wisdom and knowledge to uh, to discern uh, yeah. what is true
0: barry you should you should reach out to your dad and tell him we all need his coaching exactly um Margaret uh, Margaret, the answer to your question is the four questions are: who is God, Who am I? What is my calling, and what difference does it make hmm. Um, or what difference do I make? Yeah. I think is uh, another way of phrasing the same question. So, so And good. I think, so I think good. that
1: taps into, um, the, uh, you know, there's, there's something that God has <clears throat> placed in each one of us. We wake up in the morning and, and I tell students this all the time when I'm talking to them, your calling is not your job. That is not your career. That's not your calling. Uh, your, your career and your vocation fits into your calling, um, but if you think that your calling is your career, you're going to be really disappointed at some point when you lose your job or mm-hmm. you're not happy in your job. And you're thinking, well, I thought or this was retire. my career." Or you retire. Exactly. <laughs> you change stations in life. Uh, and so our calling is so much bigger. It's transcendent. And it does shape our direction in life vocationally and career-wise and all of that. Um, but it's not limited. Uh, my calling is not to be a college president, because someday that will end. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: We're so thankful um, for you, and thank you for your partnership in the gospel. Thank yeah. you for all the ways you advance the kingdom, and you know keep up the good work.
1: Thank you. It's such a joy to be with you uh, and our listeners this morning, Carmen.
0: Yeah, likewise. That's Dr. Corbin Hornbeek. You can find him at the University of Northwestern St. Paul, unwsp.edu. All right. um, What season of life is it? I mean, if you look out the window, uh, some of you have sent me pictures of snow. So I know that the season is winter in many, many places, but you know, only in half of the globe um, and only, you know, a distance from the equator. So maybe it doesn't feel too wintry where you are, but maybe it feels wintry in terms of your season of life. So what season are you in? Is it an expected season? Um, or an unexpected season, sometimes um, life changes in ways that are unexpected, and those trials in life can wear us down. And so, unexpected events really do force us to face reality in a new way, um, and to face the prospect of unanswered prayers. Uh, And sometimes we grow frustrated when God doesn't intervene in the ways that we ask or Um, Have come to expect. So we're going to talk with Grace Klein about what it looks like to flourish in the midst of all of that. Can we find purpose in the unknown and the unexpected seasons of life? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Grace Klein is joining us now. She is the author, among other things, of Flourish purpose in the unknown and unexpected seasons of life. Grace, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Good
2: morning, Carmen. So glad to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. It's so
0: wonderful to have you among us. Um, So let's do this. I would like you to start with the, the reality that we all find ourselves in from time to time, and it is in the midst of a season for which there was no forecast. And so can you talk about that? Like, how do we end up in the midst of a season for which there was no forecast? Um, and maybe you want to tell part of your own story here.
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, sometimes in life, if you're like me, you are a planner, you put lots of thought into being prepared and how you want things to chart out. And then something comes along and you're like, I did not expect that. Um, Whether it's Um, a family situation, something at work, and um, has the opportunity to derail you or send you into a spiral. And I really wanted to provide some tools and resources to help people navigate such, such seasons. You know, I wrote this book for the one who is frustrated or discouraged or losing hope because the current season of your life does not look like you expected and you've tried everything and nothing is changing. And so often when we go through times like that, we can have a tendency to go into a cave of depression or put life on hold. And um, I truly believe that it's God's heart for us to flourish and live with purpose. And so I wanted to give people practical tools and principles to flourish no matter what season um, in life they're facing, the things that come unexpectedly, like you mentioned, um, how to find purpose in the joy-filled ones and the challenging ones. And um, go ahead.
0: Yeah, I just, one of the things that I think is so beautiful about the way you have um, brought this conversation forward to us is, uh, are, are these unearthed from my journals um, entries. And oh. so talk talk about journaling, talk about the value of yes. it over time. Because yes. if I don't journal in the midst of it, then I can't look back years later and say, oh, now, now I can see. So can you just talk about yes. the value of journaling in your own life? Yes.
2: Yes, journaling has been one of the most incredible things that I've done. I've been doing it since I was in high school, and I'm now 48, and it has given me the opportunity to look back over different seasons of my life and to see the Lord's faithfulness and see how he came through in times where I thought I was not going to make it. And so it gives me the faith in current situations to know that the same God who worked back then is still working today, and he will continue to work in your life no matter what you're facing. Um, The way I divided up the book is into seasons, and um, we all go through seasons in life just like nature does. Um, The thing is that with nature, there is a set time of about three to four months, whereas in life sometimes it's three to four years or three to four decades. And so in the book, um, fall is a season of letting go of things that are keeping us stuck, Um, This could be things in our head or heart or hand, um, certain ways of thinking, things in our heart like pride or unforgiveness, comparison um, and things in our hands. And then winter is a time of trials and storms of life. And how do you keep your faith when the struggle is real? Um, And then spring is being open to what God has for you and wants to do in and through you, because so often it may not look like what you expected And then summer is a time of celebration and reflection and looking back what the Lord has done. And the way that we are able to often do that is through journaling and um, keeping a record of this is what God has um, brought me through. Now, I have to tell you, Carmen, when um, the Lord first put on my heart to put my journal entries in my book, I fought him on that because I have always I bet. said to friends and family, if anything happens to me, take whatever you want, but for the love, burn my journals because they are um, page after page of my heartfelt feelings poured out before the Lord. And I've kept them very, very private for many years. And as I was writing this book, the Lord said I needed to put them in there to help people know where I had been and what I had been through. Um, because so often we see people's highlight reel and we're we like, oh, they never went through anything. Their life is so great. And so in putting those journals in there, I was so raw. But what I've found as people have been reading the book is that's what has really resonated um, in terms of them saying, hey, Grace gets me. <laughs> She's been there. Um, so I just want to let people know I've been there, but I'm a friend who's going to come along and we're going to walk the journey together um, and, and flourish.
0: Grace's book is Flourish,
2: Purpose in the
0: Unknown and Unexpected Seasons of Life. I want to um, I want to pause from the rhythm of the book and back up to um, the dedication. I want you to introduce mm. us to your dad.
2: Oh, my goodness. My dad was my hero. He is the one who introduced me to the Lord, spoke into my life, told me I could be or do anything because the Lord was with me and really is the reason I am the woman I am today. Um, He went home to be with the Lord in 2019. Um, probably the worst day of my life um, as I received a phone call from a doctor um, saying, sorry, we did everything we could. And I had just talked to my dad the day before and he was um, telling me he loved me and um, and I knew he was going in in the morning for a simple procedure, just a test to check out something, but had no idea that I would be receiving that phone call. And so um, he had always... Um, just spoke life into me. And this book, when I was writing it, he he had looked at certain drafts and given some input, um, but not sadly was not around to see the final copy of the book. And so I just had to dedicate it to him and um, say and thank him for all that he had poured into my life to allow this book to even come to life. And so that's why it's dedicated to him. And I will tell you, and anybody who may be going through something with a loss, um, that God is with you through that. In that season, um, I began, after my dad passed away, I began to develop a lot of fear and anxiety and worried about other loved ones in my life. If they would just you know, disappear suddenly like that, or, or you know, mm. and my husband's 15 years older than me. And all of a sudden this confident woman was like derailed in fear. And I worked with it, my therapist and, you know, spent time in prayer. And then at one point I remember the Lord heavily put on my heart that he said, grace, stop living in fear. Your dad was ready to go. And I tell you, Carmen, I just got chills, and I realized that what was the worst day of my life was my dad's best day, because he had been walking with the Lord for over 50 years, and he was seeing his maker face-to-face for the first time. And um, it brought me such peace knowing that he was now before the Father, meeting him face-to-face for the first time. And so for anyone who may be listening, especially in this holiday season, just to encourage you that the Lord sees you. Um, he's with you. And as we turn to him, he will bring us the comfort that we need. Um, especially as we may be missing loved ones at this time.
0: Hmm. Grace's book is flourish. Um, and she walks us through these seasons of life and helps us to find purpose in the ones that are, um, maybe unexpected, but also the ones that we actually like can expect as a regular rhythm. And so she unpacks the season of fall as a time of releasing. This is a necessary season of letting go of offenses. Maybe you are in that season right now. You know that there are unhealthy relationships or hurts or bad habits or toxic friendships, mm-hmm. unforgiveness, all the kinds of things that we need to shed Um fall is a time of releasing those. Are you in the fall season of, of your journey of discipleship? Maybe right now you're in a winter season, a time of challenge and unknown future. Um, this is a black ice uh, lesson that, um, that we're gonna, we're going to have Grace unpack for us here in just a moment. So in the winter season, do you know how to steer through black ice? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. You've heard it said that it only takes a spark to get a fire going. You've also heard it sung, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. Well, what about hope? What about hope? What does it take to get hope sparked? And what does it take to get hope moving uh, around the world? I got a hope hat. I got a hope shirt. I got a hope bumper sticker. I know a ministry of hope. I know people who need hope. But how do we actually give hope beyond Bumper stickers and theme songs and ball caps. How do we help other people discover the hope that is real, substantial, and enduring? My guess is one reason you listen to this podcast is well, it delivers hope. So, as you're thinking about giving gifts this Christmas, have you considered giving others the gift of hope? You can give hope this season by supporting Faith Radio's Give Hope for Christmas campaign by sharing your story of hope at myfaithradio.com because hope begets hope. Pass it on. Grace Klein is with us today. She's the author of Flourish, Purpose in the Unknown and Unexpected Seasons of Life. Grace, I would like for you to talk about steering through black ice.
2: Absolutely. You know, for those of us who may live in the warmer climates, I grew up in California for many years. You may have... No idea what we're talking about, but I also spent part of my life in Minnesota, and I remember the very first time we were on a road and the car started spiraling out of control, and when I looked at the road, it, it didn't look any different than normal, but... Upon closer uh, understanding, I found out there's this thing called black ice where there's a thin sheet of ice on the road um, that is clear. And so it's still the road still looks black, but the ice on it causes the car to skid. And sometimes we can go through seasons in life that feel just like that. You thought you were walking along. Everything was just fine. And then out of nowhere, you set into a spiral could be, you know, getting um, divorced. Um, papers. It could be the loss of a business, a child who no longer wants anything to do with the Lord, the things that happen in the life that we did not see coming. And um, all of a sudden, everything's turned upside down. And so for me, one of those was um, the loss of my dad, as we mentioned, that came out of nowhere. Um, and I actually had a loss of three family members in less than three years. And you're left saying, God, why is this happening? And why didn't you give me a heads up? And um, so it may be something like that. Or it can. we can also go through an extended winter season. And mm-hmm. for me, that one of those was my desire to be married. I Prayed and prayed and cried out to God to bring the man that He had for me. And year after year went by, decade after decade. I didn't get married until I was 42. And um, Phil was my first boyfriend and first kiss. Now, I always clarify that that's not because there weren't guys interested in me, it purely was because. I believe that God brings two people together to do great things for the kingdom. And so I was determined not to settle or compromise. And I'm not saying it was easy, but it was definitely worth the wait. And through all that, you know, I learned so much in that season of waiting and trusting God and navigating that winter season. One of the key things um, that I believe... Uh, The Lord showed me as I had cried out to him and say, God, why do some people only wait two years? And I waited two decades, like you created the world in, you know, less than a week. It shouldn't take two decades to bring somebody. Um, And I just remember the Lord finally answered that prayer after I got married. And he simply said, Grace, do you want a faith that is two years deep or two decades deep? Mm. Carmen, that's when I got it. I realized there are some things that can only be developed in us um, through the heartache, through the pain, through the going through the black ice, through the winter seasons, um, that there is a tenacity and a grit that we de- we develop within ourselves. And for me, my faith grew if you want to believe for something i'm your girl because i've been through the fire and um and and seen that the lord is faithful and for anybody who may be listening i want to encourage you the lord is faithful to heal you. He's faithful to help you and he's faithful to hold you in those times that your prayer may not be answered as you expected. Um, in the most important thing is just to continue to lean into him and to trust him.
0: Grace, you, um, you are a person who knows more about many things than you are, um, uh... Than people listening right now are even going to see a shadow or a hint of in this conversation. Oh my gosh.
2: You are um, too and, kind. Well, what?
0: but you're, well, and then, and then here you go. You're also incredibly humble. So, oh. um, for those of you listening right now, Grace is, um, she, she's like one of those, not just one of those shiny people, but the shiny, one of those shiny people who then has like a giant like magnifying glass, like just this like bursting, power of light, and I want you to know her, and I want you to avail yourself of the resources available through her ministry. I mean, we're just talking today specifically about her book, Flourish, Purpose in the Unknown and Unexpected Seasons of Life, um, but Grace is really a um, trustworthy friend and companion along your discipleship journey, and so I want you to know that. Grace, I would—one um, of the things about you that— um, That is unique, um, is that you weren't born in the United States of America. And Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering if, having been born in Uganda, having come to the United States, um, fleeing Idi Amin, um, Mm -hmm. I wonder if you have a perspective for us as a Christian today, as a Christian leader today, um, on how we should feel, this is a feelings conversation, how we should feel Uh -uh. about those who do seek to come not only to America, but they seek to move to other places as well where life might be more profitable for them and their children.
2: Hmm. Well, Carmen, first of all, I have to say thank you so much for your kind words. I really believe that I'm still learning along with everybody else. And I'm um, just so grateful to be part of this conversation and learn from you as well. I would say in answer to your question that I am so grateful. Um, I'm grateful for all the Lord has done, what he's brought me through and for the opportunity to be here. I feel like that is a biggest perspective that I have having been born in Uganda and lived under the regime of Idi Amin. Um, my parents, um, taught me from a very young age to turn to the Lord and trust the Lord. You know, we lived in the apartment just above where Idi Amin's son lived um, Mm -hmm. on the university. My dad was a professor and um, he knew our lives were in danger because Um, Christians were being killed at the time, and he was leading a Bible study. And history tells us that the educated are often killed off first. And so my parents would pray Psalm 91 every day, trusting God um, for his protection and seeking him for his wisdom. And so um, we don't have time to go into the story. It's all in the book of how we were able to miraculously leave, how the Lord Open the door for that because um, in a situation like that, people are just being killed out of nowhere. And so the Lord really protected us, and uh, my dad was able to um, pursue his PhD in virology of all things <laughs> here in the U.S. And um, and that was a whole other story as we first um, landed here. But through it all, through all that we experienced, the Lord has been faithful, and I'm grateful for all the sacrifices that my parents made. For us to be here and for those who have gone on before me to provide freedom in this country, I never take that for granted. Um, The opportunity to be here, the education I've received, the um, experiences that I've had, I know it's because of so many who have paved the way before me and made that possible. And And I do carry that weight of um, what I've been entrusted with in making a difference and uh, making this world a better place. And so that's part of why I wrote this book um, to hopefully contribute some of what has been poured into me and help others um, find purpose in whatever season of life they're in. And um, I'm, I'm just so grateful, Carmen. I, I cannot express there's not just not enough words. I know you um, Life is not perfect. No place is perfect, but boy, having traveled the world, done so many missions trips, and just travel for leisure, I can tell you, I'm grateful um, to be here Mm -hmm. in the United States.
0: Me too. Me too. Um, And I also didn't get married until I was 42. So,
2: um, oh wow! (laughs) And I, I,
0: I remember. I remember when I prayed for the things that I now have. And so um, that was one of the things that kept coming to me as I was considering just uh, so much of what you share in Flourish. Um, I guys want you to avail yourselves of Grace's ministry resources. I'm happy to send you a direct link to all she's got going on. Can you pronounce your, what I will describe as your middle name, because that's how people will receive it?
2: Yes, yes, because that was my maiden name. So it's Wabuki. So my full name is Grace Wabuki Klein. And I am happy to send you the direct link to Grace's
0: website so that you can avail yourself of all of the resources that are there. Um, the book is Flourish, Purpose in the Unknown and Unexpected Seasons of Life. Grace, what a delight and joy to, uh, to meet you here in this way. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, Carmen. Thank you for
0: Absolutely. the
2: opportunity. Absolutely. I'm going to spend a moment
0: here at the close of our conversation today calling us to prayer um, we have been praying for the peace of Jerusalem. We have been praying for all that is happening in the Middle East. Um, there is a pause in combat between Israel and the Hamas terrorists in Gaza, um, but that, that pause is literally day to day at this point. And so um, let's renew our prayers today for the God of all peace to reign in, in power um, and for his will to be done. For our part, um, let's pray, as the Bible instructs us to pray, for the peace of Jerusalem. We all know that Jesus is the very peace which passes all understanding. He is the Prince of Peace. And so let's pray in his name and by the power of his spirit um, for all to come to know him and the peace which surpasses all understanding. The Lord uh, bless you and keep you today as you go forth as his ambassador of grace and hope.